metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. I know that everybody here is practicing that because we're going to be using that word so much. If you have not uh, taken in the news today that Facebook, at least the parent companies, uh, going to change its name and we're all waiting for the big brand has something to do with the metaverse since that's their uh, designed goal now if you are into hip-hop or if you just wonder about social media and how to be more productive and social how to be more connective how to be more engaged you found the right place for your wednesday night or wherever you're listening or whenever you're listening on our podcast welcome to our wednesday live event called innovation in audio my name is lloyd ford with rainmaker pathway consulting works higher ratings are not a mystery they're a practice it's what we do our music lab prevents music drift our morning show fame development coaching puts the accent and the action in the right places to build opportunity for robust ratings growth that is what this is about that and revenue clients like our branding candy specifically because it focuses your image on your local market and separates you sharply from your competitors in a great way ask about encouragement too it's one of our services if you know somebody who's struggling or they're looking for fresh answers to problems of today and maybe a new path to success we'd love to help them reach out anytime f-o-r-d at rainmakerpathway.com this live event is part of a podcast series called the encouragers innovation and audio podcast and will become available within about an hour maybe less of the end of this actual live event wherever you get your podcast our thanks to joe kelly for producing our podcast events and just joeproductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them today wednesday October 20th, 2021, we are going to visit with Leslie Armstrong. She is the social media strategist with Stream Companies in Nashville, Tennessee. She also will be joined on this very live event by Rocky Bacano. And of course, he's the president of uh, the Universal Hip Hop Museum in the Bronx, New York. Now, listen up. Before we get started with our current guest, I would definitely like to give you a quick preview of what's coming next week on Innovation and Audio. October 27th, we will have Bernie Bornjes, who is the Vice President of Global Content Marketing at ICOR. When we figure out what that's about, that's going to be a very interesting episode for us and you'll definitely want to be here for that see our full upcoming guest calendar in our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com you'll also find free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series and even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series as well as free resources for anyone in radio today we do not lock away anything on our website website the way some consultants do we do that because we believe in the theory of abundance ask me about it sometimes so go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime 24 7 and see what you can get for free from our team let's talk to today's guest right now our first guest is leslie armstrong now listen she is the social media strategist for stream companies in nashville tennessee she is a uh, uh, described as a social media manager and content creator, the company that she works for, Stream Companies, says they are a, quote, fully integrated team of advertising junkies. They're thought leaders, innovators, and creators who uh, use their expertise to build memorable brands for all of their partners. Leslie has in-depth experience, especially in writing and creating content. We thought since everybody holds this fascination with social media, and now Facebook is jumping across to the metaverse, ooh, it might be an excellent time to take a little bit closer look with a little bit of help from Leslie. Leslie, uh, welcome to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you. Now, listen, let's start with a little background, right? So you went to Belmont. Tell us about that experience and why you chose business at Belmont, because, I mean, you've got lots of options. 
Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time I, I was very into music and I definitely wanted to be in the industry, at, at, you know, in some form or fashion. So I knew Belmont was a great place to uh, network and to learn about marketing and the music industry and just business in general. So I, I definitely, you know, thought the school was the best place for me being across Music Row and all. Uh, mm -hmm. When I attended Belmont, um, social media had not become the advertising giant that it is today, right. obviously. <laughs> right. It just kind of started out as being, uh, you know, high school related type, you know, social media, of course, MySpace, which was popular at the time. Um, but I think, you know, we knew something big was coming when I was there and uh, we were all kind of getting prepared for it at the time. <laughs> oh, wow. So you actually kind of had you saw that turn coming, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, yes. So so tell everybody where you're from, just so that we don't get confused about how, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I came from Little Rock, Arkansas, so I, I it wasn't too far away. <laughs> so Arkansans can be social media experts. That's what you're saying, I think, right? Definitely. Yes, it's possible. That's so good to know. One of the first things you did early on was you worked for a company called Bullseye. Yes. For those listening who may be in radio, may not be in radio, may be in the music business or maybe somebody who is in those businesses, but they don't know what this is. Can you tell us about that business a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bullseye uh, is a music market research company uh, that compiles data for different radio stations and music labels. Uh, mm -hmm. They just get uh, you know, listeners to rate the music and, you know, give them some idea of what songs will do well at radio and what releases that labels want to, uh, you know, push for the listeners to hear. Um, it's it's definitely more on the black and white side of the industry and not so much as the creative side. So mm -hmm. it, it's more data driven than anything else. And on the flip side, go ahead. Well, I think a lot of people are confused. They think that social media is not data driven. It, it it is, right? Very much so, yeah. There's definitely a lot of analytics to go by. Absolutely. So, so listen, you did social media management for Bullseye. What was that like? Yeah. So on the flip side, they had a, a sister company, uh, which was consumer facing uh, website. And basically, I handled the social media for that. And with that website, which was the Nashville Country Club, which was based on the country clubs of the radio station sites, it was like the Nashville version of that. Um, I handled the social media with Facebook and with YouTube, when which was just beginning at the time when I first began handling the social media. That dates me a little bit. And um, that kind of became, you know, the groundwork for me to get involved in videos and editing and creating that. Which is a big passion for you, correct? Correct, yes. Oh, I love hearing that. Okay, listen, I love that you also spent time at All Access. That seems like a really fast-moving environment. Lots of great people over there. Was that... Was it different or similar to doing social media management? I mean, what was that job like? Yeah, well, you know, there was um, there were some aspects of it with social media, especially for breaking news stories. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely print mostly, but uh, we had Facebook live streams that we uh, would have, you know, local artists come by and perform for us. And, you know, some not so local as well. But, you know, that was kind of a half and half thing. Uh, a lot of print driven stories, but we would definitely uh, use social media to promote them. So, listen, you've helped radio stations with social media. What opportunities do you think radio pros might miss with social media if they're not careful? Because it is easy to go, okay, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and I'm done. Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you have great content, for one, that's a huge thing. You know, uh, you want to make sure it's entertaining. It doesn't have to be perfect. I know we talked about that before, but it just has to be something real. And I think people sometimes just uh, post on social media without really considering a strategy beforehand and, you know, using certain hashtags or not using them because sometimes Facebook doesn't, you know, really enjoy having a lot of hashtags on stories. Um, but but, you know, I think it's just kind of uh, preparing how you're going to distribute it on social media, which is important. That's so interesting because I think, you know, a lot of things that I see don't have any strategy to them. And I'm just looking at them going, 
Because mm, you know that I see radio stations all across North America and actually in other countries, too. And it's very divergent what you see being posted. Definitely, definitely. And observation is also just another key in, you know, figuring out how to uh, succeed at it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think people uh, look, we've got all this technology, you know, we've got all these social media platforms, you know, People are not closer than they've ever been. Look at our political discord, and I'm not bringing politics up to talk about politics, but I'm just saying, look, we're more alone and isolated than ever, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like, you know, everybody's been kind of on their own island, you know, yeah. either with their families or by themselves. So I feel like social media has been a huge, huge portal for people to really, you know, kind of have uh, relief in, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about something that I think a lot of people think they might understand, but they really don't. Like, they'll tell you that they do, but they don't. Today... <laughs> Uh, you're responsible for client paid ads on Facebook and original content across social media platforms. How do you recommend pros get the most out of ad management on Facebook? And, and is Facebook for everyone? Yeah, well, I think Facebook is still, you know, the biggest portal, the biggest platform for advertising, um, you know, just it, love it or hate it, you know. But uh, they've done I, a good job, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they really have. They really have. I mean, you can't help it. It's just it is part of the, you know, the business at this point. You know, it's just a, a necessary evil. But, um, you know, I think that uh, that Facebook in general, you have to really know how to use it correctly. So I feel like going through the blueprint on Facebook's business manager is important for people to uh, to do. And that way they can, you know, really understand how the advertisement uh, works and how to use it properly. Tell people how to do that, if you don't mind. Just, yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Because I think yeah. that's important. Definitely. Well, if you if you you know if you uh, go to Facebook and just type in you know face, it's like business manager, Facebook business manager, and that will pull up the actual page of that side of Facebook. And then um, from there, there's different places that you can uh, you know tap in and use their blueprint, and it's just you know pretty pretty easy navigationally, I think. Do you find yourself studying Facebook a lot? <laughs> All I know the time. that's a Right. I <laughs> yeah. mean, because it's kind of like it's kind of like a nightclub. It changes all the time. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And technology as well, because I know Apple has uh, really changed, you know, a lot of ways that, you know, people can uh, track their audience through Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, with with programs updating on different, te uh, you know, uh, technologies and stuff, it's definitely something that you have to to really research and figure out what's going on. Well, and it's really tough to keep up. And, and this is a really excellent point because you and your company, you don't just do Facebook. You do a bunch of stuff, right? Correct. Yes. I mean, so so you are well versed in let's call it a, a variety of platforms. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we we definitely, uh, you know, have a few places that we produce content for different companies. Okay, and let me just say this right now, as long as we're going to be talking about social media, because I'm always trying to encourage, especially morning shows, when you get up, please, please engage people with video on Facebook before your show, telling yes. them these things are coming. I'm, I am coming for you. I am here for you. Because so much has changed where people used to do the clock radio. And now all the millennials are like, what's a clock radio? What? What is that? You know, and it's like, okay, so what happens now? I mean, people actually take these devices with them and they either scroll through Facebook on on the bed with their partner or they go to the bathroom with them, which is stunning to me. But I know it's true. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you and me right now, just to just to be flat out honest, you know, in the old days, I used to it used to drive me crazy. I would have different people who would just post things and they would not post a picture with it. And I would be always preaching, post a picture, post a picture, post a picture. It's much more likely that it will be seen and engaged by people if it has a picture. 
that's no longer really the phrase, is it? We have another phrase, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell them what it is. <laughs> definitely more video related nowadays for sure <laughs> right. well and and the percentages are off the chart correct yes correct yeah and more engagement for sure and do these videos have to be perfect i know that you just a minute ago you used the phrase that you know things don't always have to be perfect sometimes on social media that hurts you right yeah, I think overly produced videos, um, you know, are not bad per se, but I feel like if you do too many, you kind of miss the mark a little bit when it comes to social media, because I feel that people really like to be connected to you and they can tell what's not, you know, real or if it's disingenuine, you know, uh, you know, it's definitely not going to be something they come back to. They might watch it once and leave. But, uh, you know, with TikTok and all, I hate to bring that up, too, but it's mm -hmm. definitely part of it, too. And, um, you know, I, I know people follow like creators and are just dedicated to them. And it's amazing to me how much that has taken off and, you know, really become, you know, kind of like the competition for Facebook at this point. I really was so excited to get to talk to you at your offices earlier this week and and especially about some of the things that I hear from clients where they'll say things like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm I don't like the way I look on video. Mm -hmm. Can you can you break the myth for that? Because you said something really interesting to me the other day about this connection with people. Yeah, yeah. Connection is key. I mean, people are lonely, you know, right now. And I think, you know, just feeling connected to somebody else they can relate to is is huge for them. And I think that's why people uh, really enjoy having the video side of things, because you do feel like you're talking to a friend if they are just, you know, in conversation uh, on a live stream, uh, talking about a topic that is just of interest of that to that person, that viewer. And um, yeah, connection for sure. And it's really interesting, you know, sometimes vulnerability is the thing that gathers more people around you instead of trying to be perfect all the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we do know that Facebook is great for, uh, what would you say, uh, 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 image management? Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you're just yeah. trying to make things look perfect. I don't think people respect that as much as when somebody just takes the mask down. So so listen, here you are, this big social media person in Nashville, which is really interesting because that's a very dynamic market with a lot of things happening around it. Do you consider yourself a, a social person in real life? I do. I do. Maybe in a, on a smaller scale, uh, I do enjoy conversations and, you know, like this and uh, really talking about, you know, important things or just having fun. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I learn a lot from other people when I talk to them. So, uh, you know, maybe in smaller groups, I just I really enjoy engaging with others and, you know, just having a good time. Well, you know, listen, was social media natural for you or did you have to learn it or or should we say that you have to do both? Maybe it was natural for you and you had to learn it or it wasn't and you still had to learn it. Uh, it took some education. What would you say is is your path when it comes to social? Yeah, I mean, I think for me. I've really enjoyed it. So that's been important. And that's why, you know, I'm in it, you know, so much of the time, because I feel like if you don't enjoy it, you kind of can tell, you know, <laughs> so uh, I think that's something that has been natural for me. Uh, but education is key because everything changes and so fast and you don't know which apps are, you know, the latest trend and, um, you know, trying to keep up with that is like the new marketing <laughs> world these days. Uh, but, you know, I think that a little bit of both is definitely the path that I've had, especially starting out, you know, when YouTube just became <laughs> a force of nature and uh, sure. learning how that could be used in a, a great way to grow a website was was really important. So interesting. So you, you actually can teach that to clients. That's so <laughs> exactly. that's fun. I like that. Yeah, All right. Definitely. So, so listen, even even though Facebook's been around for a long time now, <laughs> I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt since right. we know it's not really been a huge amount of time. But right. in terms of today's technology, it's been around for a minute. OK, mm -hmm. does it seem that things change all the time in the social media arena? And and listen, can you help us understand what 
clients may not know about having a real impact on social media when they first meet you? Like, I'm sure they've got lots of questions. What do they usually not know? Well, you know, I think it kind of, you know, it kind of differs from uh, platform to platform. You know, um, I think that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that short videos are probably the best thing for them to do instead of creating too much of length because people's attention spans are just so short. So um, I think that, you know, just trying to keep that in mind and find the right niche uh, of what you're trying to do with your platform and creating that brand, because uh, if you get too many different things going on on your <laughs> on your timeline or on your mm -hmm. uh, posts, then people will lose interest pretty quickly. Um, but if you have some sort of, you know, like uh, hook that you can get people in and want and make them want to come back and retain them and stuff, uh, I think that's something that is really important rather than just posting just uh, any content that you can. That just sounds like real world, real world stuff. Like when you're building a brand, become known for a thing. This is what you're known for. Right. That hook that people can go, oh, I want to know more about that or I want to be a part of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, so listen, do you, you have a ton of people who come to you either, either at work or in your personal life? Cause we know that people just love, they just stop talking about social media once they go home. Right. No. <laughs> no. Do these people always talk to you about the thing that is known as going viral? The people talk to you about that and they go, I think how do that's I do a that? goal. Yeah, that's a goal. I mean, I think there's so many more uh, things that you can do now, especially with trends. And just as we stated before, uh, observing what is trending and trying to figure out how to capitalize on that with your own content and making it part of that trend is the way that people will find you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a flashback photo or whether it's, you know, uh, a trend that is happening on TikTok, you know, like there's just a lot of ways now that I feel like you can uh, distribute your content without just posting a video and just having just a one dimensional video out there like man, you know, so I feel like that you can do a lot more now where it's more interactive and people will enjoy it, you know, so uh, it's it's definitely something that you have to put some work into for sure. <laughs> well, and do you feel like people are either they want to set it and forget it or they get overwhelmed and they just go, I, I, I don't know what to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's it, it takes it takes some work and uh, definitely, you know, you need to, to start researching uh, what is the best way for you to uh, be on social media. There's a lot of articles out there, you know, that you can mm -hmm. get involved in. Sprout Social has a lot of articles that you can read. Um, but I think that, you know, you just have to. Um, you know, what have the desire to really, you know, connect. Cause I think once you get that first, maybe semi-viral video going where you're like, you see the views mm. coming in and it kind of gets you more motivated to do better. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of like my motivation. When I see something on Instagram take off on real on reels, uh, it really inspires me to do something even better to see how it, it works. And it's just kind of a trial and error thing at some point, you know? Well, and I'm sure that you probably talk to clients about this, too. Most people think about the positive things that can happen, but there are aspects where you could go viral for something not so good. Um, do you help people with their images, help them to understand certain things to avoid? I'm sure you yes. must have those conversations. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to be on the positive side of things when you do go viral, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, you can always you know, figure out a way to uh, spin it, you know, that helps you, uh, you know, or just, you know, help like clean up the image. But I feel like, you know, you kind of want to avoid the pitfalls of different aspects of social media. And, you know, it just takes somebody who is paying attention to really let you know that something isn't probably the most appropriate thing to post. Um, at the time. So it just, you know, it just kind of depends from, you know, time to time. But I think that you can, you know, really be smart about it. And if you have somebody that is guiding you to the right direction, it, it definitely helps.
And by the way, I think that's also good if we were calling this session how to search for a job in the future. Start right. by not putting stupid things all over the Internet <laughs> early on that right. people will ask you about or ostracize you because Correct. you did something they couldn't believe. So you said something a few minutes ago that I was a little bit fascinated by only because it kind of it kind of marries into this. You talked about there being so many different lanes and so many different things that you can do. But really, in your business, no matter what business someone is in, you can develop a strategy for them and go, okay, well, you're in the business of being a cleaner or you're in the business of being radio or you're in the business of being the titans or whatever you know mm -hmm. i mean all businesses are not the same but they all have some kind of visual they all have some kind of emotion attached to them uh do you find yourself developing those strategy lanes for people yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there definitely are, you know, different strategies, uh, whether you're providing a service or a product. Um, I know right now with certain industries that have inventory, that's a huge deal right now because inventory is yes. low in a lot of yes. places, obviously. So you're trying to figure out new ways to, uh, you know, kind of have products to sell at this point and, you know, try to find the, you know, way around, you know, how to, to get things out there. Um, you know, for instance, like car dealerships, you know, they they uh, are having, you know, obviously a low inventory problem right now and their way of, of navigating that through the actual, you know, Facebook world and advertising is mm -hmm. to advertise, we'll buy your car from you to get more inventory. Right. And, um, you know, I think there's different ways that people can uh, do the same thing within their business is try to, to figure out a, a good path for them to uh, maybe get a little bit more creative uh, in ha having to, you know, make their business work, you know, even the hard times that we're having. I think that's absolutely true. We see this in the radio and audio end of things all the time where we're telling people, look, this isn't just about products that you have right now. This is about your top of mind. This is Correct. a time in which uh, uh, market share can can be had so you can develop market share against a competitor. So, so listen. Where do you recommend somebody in, say, in radio or somebody who has a podcast that they want to start? Where, where do you recommend they go for self-education about being better with social media today for them? Yeah, well, I mean, there's different seminars that happen uh, with within the social media community. And I think just joining, you know, uh, finding a good newsletter that you can join to stay on top of things. Uh, you know, Facebook, obviously, their business manager has, uh, you know, you can join the, their uh, updates and whatnot of what's happening with them. Um, but I think that observing is key and seeing what is trending out there is important and important and, uh, you know, really accepting, you know, uh, what the latest apps that are working for people are doing for them instead of, you know, like, you know, kind of like not really, uh, giving a positive aspect on them, you know, they're just like, oh, that's the latest trend, like whatever, but actually accepting them and figuring out how I can make this work for me. I see other people getting success off of it. How can I apply it for my business and, and right. doing what they do instead of, you know, just kind of casting it aside and rolling your eyes at it, you know? And, and I, with clients, I do a lot of what I call modeling, and I'm sure you do this with your clients as well. Mm -hmm. Not only can they probably pursue, no, you correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm not an expert in your field, but I would think that there are newsletters that you can gleam onto or groups you can gleam onto where yes. you can see other people in your lane yes. who are having success in this market or that market or this market that's not your market. Right. And yes. Yeah. You can repeat those things, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Facebook groups as well, like you can join different private groups and learn whatever is happening, what other people are experiencing, whether it's a glitch or, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, competitor type information for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Leslie, you know, you work with some really amazing people and and they talk about being integrated. OK, so there's so much to consider when you think about advertising in basically what I'm going to call is 2022, because that's kind of where we are. Right. Is it is it even hard for you to keep up with learning so many fast moving parts in social media now? 
Yeah, I mean, I think right now we're at a, a you know, like probably the most uh it's, it's had the most changes within this last couple of years, right? So I think that now it's just technology, you know, of course, with Facebook also having their new name update that could be happening, probably diversifying their brand, right? Between like Google did. Right? right? <laughs> Robots, you know? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think that, you know, I think that staying on top of technology is, like I said before, is like the biggest thing right now um, because if if they're not compatible, you know, in reaching your audience and not tracking where your audience is, um, you know, there there's different ways now that Facebook, you know, has made for businesses to to target certain groups. And, you know, maybe that applies for radio stations, too, um, because, you know, they do have a very excellent, you know, platform in targeting a certain kind of audience that you want to go after uh, for your business. So, uh, you know, I think that that is probably key in, in staying on top of, uh, you know, more than anything, uh, especially from a business aspect, because if you, you know, are not getting to the people you want to get in front of that is good for your business, then it's kind of pointless, you know? So I think that's one of the biggest things. Excellent. Now, listen, let's talk about the future a little bit and social media, because, you know, it's so fun. We get introduced these different words and depending on who you are and where you are and what you keep up with and how much you read, you may not have heard very much about the metaverse and any of that kind of crazy stuff. As you are pointing out yourself, things are taking off in different directions. Just on our live Wednesday innovation and audio, we have talked about big data. We've talked about artificial intelligence. We've talked about different things that are going on in, I uh, will call it the mental crunching of all these technologies. When you think about the future of social media for something like radio or podcast or, or local business owners, where's it going? That's a really good question. You know, well, I that's think kind of a loaded question. It right? is a loaded question. It right. is. It's kind of it's kind of endless at this point. You know, um, right. I think, you know, just kind of like I said before, you know, I think videos are a big way that businesses can reach their consumers or, you know, uh, different people can, you know, reach each other if it's just on a personal level. I think videos is just are just gonna dominate no matter what whether that's virtual uh you know reality like facebook might be going into or whether that's um just you know news or music um i feel like right now especially a lot of the news uh that i get is from a social media app so you know i think that you know it's from is from people that are, are newscasters that are on the social media app and so um you know getting updates in a real time you know and instead of watching television is is kind of a huge thing right now. So um, I think that's still going to be the dominant force and no matter where this goes. And, uh, you know, people love to see the behind the scenes and with podcasters and radio alike, uh, I think people really enjoy seeing what their uh, local personality looks like and acts like, you know, without, you know, uh, being in the car, you know, listening to them or wherever they are listening to them, uh, seeing them, you know, in person on, on a social media video is definitely something that is going to build more connection for them. I love that. And I, I love having you as a guest because I'm just going to tell you, you right now. Look, if somebody just tuned in or or you just started listening on the podcast when it goes live, listen uh, Leslie here has put out probably a tutorial of about 15 different things. It is definitely worth going back and listening to this again and again, whether she was talking about Sprout Social, whether she was talking about Facebook Business Manager, the newsletter segment that she talked about. It is definitely worth tuning up on how you get your social media to be in tune with not only where it is, but where it's going. And I want to ask you, Leslie, if you'll stick around for a few minutes yes. after our second guest, and, and we might have some questions from the audience for you as well. Great. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. I'll try. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. And look, if you've not subscribed to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast, you are really missing out on great content every single week. We have a growing archives of, of shows for you as well. You won't believe what you'll hear, and it'll improve the value of your career and probably the trajectory of where you're going because we have really amazing guests. While you are listening to this live event, make certain that you join the Encouragers here on Clubhouse on the Clubhouse app and share it with friends that are into radio, into audio, into innovation. We are here to encourage people. You can follow people on the stage tonight, look around the room for others that you can connect with. A big part of encouraging you and your audio career is helping you engage in successful networking. Find out what our guests talk about every single week, uh, including hacks to make your career better and certainly more innovative by subscribing to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. Of course, we have these great guests for you. You can learn, you can grow, you can meet the challenges of your career in the 21st century right here on Clubhouse or in the actual podcast, which you can take with you anywhere you go at any time. And of course, we have another podcast as well, which is called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Both of these podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Now is a great moment for me to bring Skip Dillard, who is from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City, on board. And look, he came up with this whole idea for innovation and audio. We were kind of tossing around different ideas and and two things that he said i really want to do something on innovation which i immediately loved and number two this was really cool he said i don't want to do something on innovation where we use the usual suspects you know like the people that are always showing up on things we want to go get some inventive people so skip tell us about your next guest on innovation and audio right now all right well Great, great. Really enjoyed uh, our guest Leslie and, and some some great uh, food for thought. And you know, this guy I'm about to bring uh, to the table here. He uh, first came to my office around 2015. I found some old pictures from our first meetings, and he had Curtis Blow with him and a few other legendary uh, artists in, in in hip hop. And he said, "Hey, um, we are going to build a." big museum, the first of its kind, in the South Bronx, which is the birthplace of hip-hop, and it's amazing, rocky to see uh, dreams become reality. First off, how are you tonight, man? I'm doing well, Skip. Doing well. Thank you. Good, good, man. Well, you know, um, let's talk about the Universal Hip-Hop Museum for those from out of town listening to us tonight. What is it? What are some of the highlights uh, with the current pop-up museum? And, and what's coming? So uh, the Universal Hip Hop Museum is the official record of hip hop. It's uh, the only museum that is 100% dedicated to the preservation and celebration of hip hop history and culture. Uh, it was started by uh, myself, Curtis Blow, and some other original practitioners of the culture. Uh, hip hop as most people know is a culture that represents different elements and lifestyles. Uh, most people, you know, especially today's younger generation, uh, you know, they, they think of hip hop of what they only hear on the radio and they associate hip hop to just rap music or the music that they hear in, in today's contemporary uh, music genres. But that's not the case. Hip hop is a living, breathing culture represented by five elements that are the founding principles of the culture, which is DJing, MCing, which people know as today's rap artists, uh, graffiti, the aerosol artists that used to tag the trains, but now produce amazing uh, art, you know, works of art in galleries all all across the world. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have the you know the b boys and the b girls or the break dancers or what we would call today's street dances. And then the last uh, part of uh, hip hop, the most important element is knowledge, the knowledge of self, the knowledge of who you are and where you're going. Uh, so, uh, to, you know, the museum is dedicated to making sure that people are uh, informed and to use hip hop as a source of inspiration to empower our, our community. 
This project started, uh, like I said, 10 years ago. Uh, we just broke ground on a 52,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility uh, that will open in 2024. Uh, it's at the tip of the South Bronx. It's called the Bronx Point. And uh, we look forward to welcome, you know, making the uh, the museum a global destination for people all around the world. And I, I know it will be. And, and Rocky, you know, I'd love for you to spend a minute because what blew me away about Bronx Point, um, it is a multi, multi-billion dollar project, which includes expanding uh, a river walk on the waterfront. It includes uh, housing, condo, uh, apartment units. It includes retail. It includes a park, park space. And the museum will be a center point of a multi-billion dollar project. Tell them a little bit about how both the city of New York and the state of New York, uh, you know, got involved and, and really got it behind the project. So Br Bronx Point is, as you said, a mixed-use development project. Not quite in the billion skip, but you know, it's close. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but a lot a lot of money invested into the project. Uh, that includes 100% affordable housing, which was part of Mayor De Blasio's uh, original initiative to to uh, add more affordable housing uh, across New York City, and the Bronx Point being one of the largest new developments. Uh, is definitely meeting uh, one of his goals. So uh, this is exciting for me because, as you know, hip hop came from, you know, the burnt out ruins of the South Bronx, and it came out of the projects. And to have a uh, anchor such as the Universal Hip Hop Museum, which is the cultural anchor of this mixed use development project, uh, we wanted to make sure that any housing component that the museum would be associated with would be 100% affordable. So we're proud to partner with LNM Development Partners. Uh, they are one of the largest commercial real estate developers uh, in, in the tri-state in New York City. Uh, the, uh, the, the project will also include, you know, an expansion of a, uh, a large expansion of the Mill Pond Park uh, mm -hmm. which is adjacent to the development area where we're building the museum. So we're expanding the green spaces all the way from where Mill Pond Park currently sits all the way over to uh, the 145th Street Bridge for people who may not know that the 145th Street Bridge uh, is a bridge that connects the South Bronx uh, to Upper Manhattan or what people mm -hmm. might know as Harlem. Yeah. Uh, and, and the uh, project itself uh, runs alongside the Bronx side of the Harlem River waterfront. So we're creating a waterfront es esplanade for people to come bring their families out and sit on the waterfront and enjoy the scenery. And of course, uh, come visit the, uh, the museum when we open. Absolutely. Who are some of the artists that we're early on uh, a, a part of the project, and I know you've added so many more as you've gone. Who were some of the artists that really were with you from you know the beginning of the the uh, uh, project? So, as you mentioned, uh, Curtis Blow, mm -hmm. uh, you know he's the undisputed king of rap. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my best friends. He's our chairman emeritus, mm -hmm. Ice T, as people mm -hmm. know. Uh, from Law and Order SUV mm -hmm. uh, and from New Jack City. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so Ice T is one of our main supporters. Roxanne Shante, MC wow. Star Rock, who's the first female uh, MC of hip hop. Mm -hmm. uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Conzo, who uh, took some of the original pictures of. You know the you know the first generation of hip hop artists, including the Cold Crush Brothers, wow. and now you know we're we're so happy that we've expanded our relationships. So now KRS One, uh, Big Daddy Kane, who just had an amazing versus the other night together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, LL Cool J and Nas, and you know we're bringing on other people as as we speak. Uh, we're going to be celebrating. Uh, next month is Hip Hop History Month. So every day for the month of November, 
will be uh, doing a large social media campaign promoting all these original flyers uh, that came out, uh, you know, during that time period, you know, during the last 40 years. And some of these, some of these flyers, as you saw it, Skip, are are pretty iconic, you know, taking people back many, many years uh, when uh, hip hop was just emerging and and bringing them up to where hip hop is uh, currently. So, you know, it's going to be an exciting uh, thing. We're paying tribute to uh, Chris Lighty with Mona Scott Young. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's going to be on November 22nd. And uh, that that Instagram live tribute will have all of the artists that worked with Chris Lighty during his uh, time uh, managing uh, managing their careers as part of Violator Management. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll have Tribe Called Quest and 50 Cent and uh, Missy Elliott and so many more paying tribute to Chris Lighty next month. Wow, that that's incredible, man. And um, you know, it's it. I guess what's so exciting for me is that I went to. I've been to the pop up museum several times, man. I always enjoy and I always see something I missed when I go back. But I was most impressed the fact that immediately you went for technology. And and let's talk for a second about Microsoft and their partnership. So Microsoft has been an amazing supporter of the project uh, for at least the last five to six years now. Wow. Uh, but they, they became the official technology partner uh, earlier this uh, this year. And w- what Microsoft uh, brings to the table, they bring some amazing resources in terms of artificial intelligence. We're working on uh, some new uh, hologram projects with them. They have a volumetric capture studio uh, they have three of them, one in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and one in Washington, D.C., uh, that uh, creates these amazing uh, digital avatars that could be used as holograms that you could see through either uh, their HoloLens, uh, you know, mixed reality uh, devices, or uh, can be enabled over mobile devices. You know, wh- what we're building, Skip, you know, it is a museum uh, that really uses uh, technology not to create the stories, but to enhance the stories, to give the stories, the important stories of hip hop history, a, a, an additional layer, an additional uh, 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 form of life, so that when people see, you know, uh, certain artifacts or photos, or um, they listen to audio there's a, a, sec, a second or third dimension that they would get to make it a more immersive experience. Uh, what, we're trying, what we're trying to make sure is that, you know, that the museum that we built is as innovative as the culture itself. As, mm-hmm. as you know, when hip hop started, you know, n- no one was thinking about using turntables as an instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no one was thinking about scratching records you know, your your mother or your grandfather or whatever would 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 you know put you in the corner. Oh no! If you, if you took the needle and, and tried to scratch scratch yeah. a record with it, so you know, <laughs> hip hop is hip hop has always led in terms of creativity, and now hip hop is used out even outside of the music space. It's used, you know, for creative designs and fashion. It's used in advertising, it's used in manufacturing, and it's used basically in every aspect of today's modern society. It's used in film, it's used all over. So, uh, you know, we're we're very excited to be the arbiters of the culture and using the museum as a platform to make sure that people have a thorough understanding of what hip hop actually is. Absolutely. And let's uh, spend a minute since we're, you know, innovation in audio and talk about the radio uh, impact of of hip hop. It took radio a while to catch up. I remember as a kid, I would turn on my favorite radio station. Like, Why don't they ever play rap music? That's all we, you know, it's all we were buying in the record stores when I was, you know, 12, 13. But you couldn't find it much on the radio. And then all of a sudden, 
uh, it hit radio and just radio never stopped. And then you wound up with hip hop stations. But in your opinion, Rocky, what was the influence on, on radio and NYC? And what was the battle that artists like Curtis Blow had to get recognized on radio? Yeah. So um, if you if you go back to when the first rap records came out, which was 1979, uh, you know, Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. Uh, Curtis Blow with Christmas rapping, uh, Sequence Funk You Up, the Funky Four mm-hmm. Plus One, uh, It's the Joint, uh, That's the Joint. Yeah. Uh, those records, although as innovative as they were, uh, really could not find their way onto commercial radio because at that time, disco was still coming to you know uh, a peak some would say a deaf. Uh, so disco was still king in New York City and, and across the country, you know. But the, the biggest challenge was that hip hop was basically viewed as a passing fad that wasn't going to last very long. So uh, radio programmers, you know, for whatever reasons, didn't want to take a risk on putting that on the air. Although it was big in the streets, you know, it, it really got day parted. It didn't get the full rotation that you would, you know, uh, give like a Patti LaBelle or a James Brown or OJ's uh, back during that time. Uh, so what 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 happened, Skip, was uh, it really became something that the streets demanded. So th- they would hear it in the clubs. They would hear it in the community centers. They would hear it in the rec rooms. And, you know, the, the kids that, were listening to this music really you know found other ways to 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 amplify this new sound that was becoming uh the, the most dominant sound in New York City at that time so yeah. people people looked for alternative sources first it was college radio and then it was with uh Mr. Magic on W uh HBI uh he had a uh, a show that came on on the weekends which became very, very popular. And then his show transitioned uh, right onto your station, WBLS. I, I believe Frankie Crocker finally bent, bent and <laughs> made a room for him. And, and when mm-hmm. Mr. Magic got on the air, uh, even though he, his show was only on the weekends, it really gave hip hop a new platform. So from, from Mr. Magic's uh, role in bringing hip hop onto commercial radio, FM radio, then you start to see other stations across the country follow suit. You had WUSL in, in Philadelphia with Lady B, and then you had the mm-hmm. AM station in Los Angeles with Greg Mack at uh, KDAY. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. hip hop found its little pockets in, in, in regions, and then, um, you know, fr- from the you know weekend play that it got. On Mr. Magic's show, it became part of a battle between WBLS and KISS. And then eventually, yeah. uh, hip-hop started to find its way into full rotation. Not a lot of it, but some of the big yeah. records like L- uh, like LL Cool J's, uh, you know, uh, Rock the Bells, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I Can't Live Without My Radio, and Curtis Blow with um, The Breaks. And, and, you know, obviously the Sugar Hill Gang and then the message with Grandmaster Flash. Those were the first, you know, records that fit, that finally uh, started to break through on radio. And then once you break through, you know what happens, Skip. The floodgates open. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. And speaking of breaking through, Rocky, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, we've seen hip hop grow to dominate movies, festivals, various radio formats, including Top 40 and Rock. Uh, brands seek it out. Artists uh, streaming uh, world today is actually led by hip hop. What's the future of rap music and, and as an art form, and what do we need to do to keep it creative and and as diverse and and successful as it is? Well, I, I think you just said it. Um, what what needs to happen is more diversity in today's contemporary music in order for the music to continue to elevate and evolve. Uh, But what's going to uh, keep hip hop, 
you know, as powerful as it is, it's a youth movement. Uh, you know, it's the music of the youth. So as long as the youth, you know, uh, view this as a voice of their community, it, it, it paints a picture into what's actually happening on the streets. It's still going to be relevant. It's still going to be powerful. Uh, but what's going to be needed to keep it going is innovation, using mm -hmm. technology to drive the experience uh, beyond uh, audio and visual. You know, like uh, Lloyd was saying, you know, this metaverse is going to be a big part of the next generation hip hop experience. Uh, Naughty by Nature is working with Altspace now mm. to figure out a way to celebrate the 30th anniversary of their seminal album. And they're gonna be doing it in Altspace in the metaverse. So artists like Naughty by Nature uh, and other artists that are going to use creative means to amplify their music and get their music out into more to a broader audience, they will always uh, be viewed as innovators, and that those innovators will keep hip hop moving forward. Sure, no, absolutely. And and Rocky, for you, what would you want uh, the museum's le ultimate legacy to be? Uh, well, you know, like uh, LL Cool J said at at our groundbreaking ceremony. We're not building a museum for today. We're building a museum for 100, 200, 300 years from now that will still be around, uh, uh, allowing future generations to know how hip hop was created, the people who created it, and of course, why this culture is so important to people who came from these communities. Absolutely. Wow, that's wonderful. And um how can people reach the pop-up museum when is it open i highly recommend i i cannot endorse it enough and uh when do we have our full gigantic 53 square footer opening <laughs> yeah so a, a couple things so people can visit our current exhibits called the revolution of hip-hop it's located at the bronx terminal market which is located at 610 exterior street in the Mott Haven section of, of uh, the Bronx. Mm -hmm. uh, we are open Thursdays through Sundays. Uh, currently, we are curating the history of hip hop circa 1980 to 1985. Uh, in, in February of 2022, we'll be uh, uh, basically unveiling the next phase of the exhibit which mm -hmm. will be curating uh, the history circa 1986 to 1990, which in my opinion is the beginning of this golden era of hip hop when you had groups like Public Enemy and mm -hmm. uh, Tribe Called Quest and and the Jungle Brothers and Queen Latifah and Naughty by Nature and Eric B and Rakim. Uh, so that to me was a very exciting time. Uh, and, and that's what we're gonna, and also during that same time period, MTV uh, launched Yo MTV Raps and BET had Rap City. So the commercialization and the amplification of hip hop started to really explode during that time period. So that, that's going to be featured in the next phase of the Revolution of Hip Hop exhibit, and that will be in February. Uh, the museum will be opening in 2024, uh, but we will be celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop in 2023. We are planning a global television, a live television event. And we're in discussions with several uh, networks now to, um, you know, to see who's going to actually be the, uh, the network that does the uh, broadcasting for this. Mm -hmm. uh, but just imagine 50 years of hip hop, you know, every act from the Sugar Hill gang to uh, Kendrick Lamar and J Cole and, uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B all, all on stage to make sure that people recognize that hip hop has been around for 50 years. Yeah, no, man, that's great. And of course, something uh, you've been tremendously uh, adept at and want to let people know uh, if you can tell them how to reach you. Also, 
Uh, we're about halfway to the fundraising goals for the for the uh, museum and and how can people help? How can they contribute and tell others about it? Uh, website and also how they can contact you. Uh, yeah, so people can contact me. Uh, my email address is rocky at uhhm.org. Uh, they can uh, reach me on either LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook uh, with my name, Rocky Buchano. Uh, they can follow the Universal Hip Hop Museums, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube pages uh, at uhhmuseum. Uh, anyone that is interested in supporting the Universal Hip Hop Museum, as Skip said, we're always looking for new donors and new supporters. Uh, giving Tuesday is November 30th. Uh, it's the biggest day of charitable giving, and people can make a monetary donation, which is tax deductible. Congratulations, and let's keep up the great work. And thank you so much, Rocky. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you, Skip. Thank you for having me tonight. Y'all right, yeah, hear, hear what's going on, right? I mean, I, look, I just want you to think about this. On this live event every single week, we usually take some pillars, okay? These long, strong pillars, and we talk about them. Think about this tonight. We have social media in our left hand, and we have hip-hop in our right hand. It's exactly what Rocky was talking about, about how much hip-hop is used in so many culturally influenced things right now not just now but in the future same with social media you don't think you're going to be participating in the metaverse you're kidding yourself hundreds and hundreds of millions of people will be doing this there's a reason that these social media platforms are thinking about what's the next step what's the next step where are we going and uh, skip and rocky i just really appreciate everything that y'all just talked about of course when you show up to one of our live events and uh, we do like to ask you to uh, like our group or follow our group, the encouragers, and share it with others that you know who love innovation and audio. Don't forget to follow the people on the stage at this event. Look around the room. Join us, of course. And we're big believers in this connection, this mentoring, this networking, and uh, all through the encouragers, of course. Thank you for being here and participating in our live event and telling others we are going to open up the room in case you have some questions for our guest or anyone on our panel. Just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or Android device right on the app itself. When we do bring you up to the stage, we ask that you mute your uh, microphone. It's really easy to do, bottom right-hand corner. By the way, when you join the encouragers, uh, we do have people who only come to listen. That's okay with us. Our goal is to provide you with interesting content and advice, career hacks to move your career forward, and to encourage you. We don't mind sharing the stage with you if you're so inclined either, by the way. So we do like to at least extend the offer every Wednesday, but don't feel pressure to talk. This is a safe place for everybody. Uh, you can just hang out and listen. Don't forget on Monday, you can join us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for our radio rally on Clubhouse right here on the Encouragers. Monday, October 25th, check this out. Erica Farber is going to be here. She's the president and CEO of the Radio Advertising Bureau in Los Angeles, and she'll also be joined with our second guest, Drew Bland, who is the program director of KMLE, known as CAMEL, of course, in Phoenix, Arizona. Tell your friends in innovation, audio, and specifically radio, they can get our free resources at RainmakerPathway.com in our free blog section. There's so much material for them there with 21st century solutions to lots of problems that people have in radio and in audio. I would like to get us started with a question for Leslie. And Leslie, listen, can you make social media fun for clients? And and here's the key, less of that feeling of out of control for them. Is that That's really a big part of what you do, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think making it fun is definitely uh, something that is important to do because, uh, you know, you get the most out of it whenever you're being a little bit more creative with it. So, uh, 
I think, you know, just having uh, some sort of eye for what is happening in, in the trends and just telling them, hey, this is what we need to do and let's work out a strategy and how we're going to execute it, um, but do it in a way that is something that is creative and, uh, you know, has everybody enjoying themselves, if so to speak. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. So I do have a question here for Rocky. Uh, Rocky, how will you you and your team promote this fabulous museum nationwide. Do you guys have a plan for that already? Is there a plan to do that with radio? Is there a plan to do that on television? Obviously, you've got some plans for that with the big TV special. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, partners like Skip with WBLS and Hot 97, working closely with our radio partners across the country. Uh, but also, you know, having strong, a strong PR team, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we produce We produce so many different events throughout the year. Uh, so we use social media a lot to, to reach our audience, like Leslie, Leslie was saying. Uh, but as the museum, um, you know, you know, gets more funded, uh, we'll be, we'll be adding additional resources, working closely with, you know, tourism in New York city and across the different states to make sure that people who travel to New York City are aware that this exhibit is open currently and that the museum will be opening in 2024. So, uh, but the 50th anniversary is going to be the big one because that celebration is really going to put, you know, the museum uh, front and center across the world. And, mm -hmm. and that, that will be the, that will be the uh, table setter so that everyone knows in 2024 when the museum uh, does officially open that this is the newest museum in New York City that they have to visit. Man, I got to tell you, Rocky, I think your opportunity is huge here for so many different reasons, many of which you mentioned in terms of just cultural relevance. But but the audience for hip hop is is big and and more diverse than it's ever been. Would you say that's probably accurate? Yeah, uh, you can't go anywhere in the world and not see some fashion or form of hip hop culture being celebrated, whether it's the B-boys and, and the, you know, the B-girls in Seoul, Korea, or the graffiti artists in Spain and the Middle East, or the uh, Afrobeat artists in Africa, you know, in South Africa, in Nigeria, Kenya, you know, anywhere you go in the world, there is some form of hip hop being celebrated. Mm, interesting. Now, look, you see all the things that we can bring together on this live uh, event itself. Please do come back every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. We do try to keep things to about an hour. Our thanks to Leslie and Rocky for being really great, patient and giving guests with us. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, which will be available. If, if I know him, it'll be available probably any minute, certainly in the next hour or so. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint print and distributing our podcast please do share our podcast both the encouragers the radio rally podcast and the encouragers innovation and audio podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio or people that are just interested in innovation this is a great place for them both podcasts are available on apple spotify audible and wherever you get your podcast and they're available right now please remember be kinder than you have to be Thank you for being a part of Innovation and in Audio with the Encouragers, and good night.